How's everyone tonight? Okay, good. That's great. Um, you know, uh, when Megan was talking about, uh, I, I did those announcements two days ago. Well, about Hannah. Well, that's all changed. Um, we got Apple TV on, right, Luke? Um, the uh, Hannah, you know, Hannah's had a chest tube in, in her left in her left side there, and it's because of the hole in the lung, a little bit of a hole in the lung, which causes air to leak out and and kind of uh, fill her chest cavity. And I don't know if you guys know or not, but you know, your lungs can collapse just by somebody just touching them. They can; they're very sensitive. And um, so Hannah's situation is that um, she, uh, her chest tube just fell out, just out of nowhere, just came, fell out. And the doctors let it ride for about a day and then they took an x-ray and the chest area is the same. It's not filling up with air. So they're going to allow it to grow in, allow the skin to grow in, and um, I don't know what's going on. I mean, you know, so, oh, and the nausea's gone. So the Lord's answering prayer. I just want to thank everybody that is praying for Hannah's recovery. Um, you know, I'm one of those guys that like to see instantaneous healings. Um, but at times, um, we, we feel the touch, we feel that presence touch us, but we go home with the same condition. And basically what I've learned over that is, is that you just, you receive the deposit and you just walk out that healing by faith. You just start claiming it. We're, we're speaking the word over it and, um, so on and so forth. Okay. So if you would open your Bibles tonight to John 12, verses 31 and 32. It's up on the screen. Did uh, We're going to talk about the word cosmos, which is the word world. And it's also used in the Bible as the word age, okay? But we have to remember, we have to go back to the, to the beginning in Genesis because God did not create the world. He created the heavens and the earth. So my point is, is the word earth is a different word than the world. And as you, as you see the Bible, the Bible progress, progresses on the theme of the world. And the world came into being when Adam fell, that's when everything changed. That became a world, not the earth. So I want, you, I want us to understand that a lot of times when we think about the world, we're so, we're, we're so indoctrinated into, uh, um, um, into the American mindset is when we talk about the world, we don't really see 
the progression of the word world until we get to the New Testament writers and especially the Apostle John because the Apostle John uses words like world, light. You know, we talked about light last week, talking about the unusual mind, meaning that there's, if you're going to operate in the unusual or the extraordinary, you're going to have to have a different mindset, a different mind, okay? So John 12, 31 and 32 says, now, and I highlighted the word now, now judgment is upon this world. Right now, I, I want us all to understand that right now, the judgment is on the world, not on mankind. Okay? We have to die, right? We, we understand that 2 Corinthians 5, you know, we're, uh, you know it's, it's been appointed that a man die and then, and then the judgment. Or there will be a great judgment. So I want you to understand that in this scripture, John is not talking about the things in the world. He's talking about the thing, he's talking about the world itself. And we'll get into, I'm just kind of warming you up a little bit so that you understand where we're headed. The judgment is upon the world. The sentence is being passed. This is the amplified. So the judgment is on the world. And, um, and the second thing I want you to notice is now the ruler of this world, Satan, that's Satan, and all his lieutenants, which is all the other fallen angels, will be cast out. Okay, so the word now means now. That's really cool, huh? This deep thought. Deep calls to deep there. So, uh, and I... Jesus says, if, if, and when, if, and when, I am lifted up, notice the word earth, not world. You see the difference? The mindset is God created the earth. The mindset there is this world is a system, and we'll get to it, a system of darkness, okay? If I am lifted up from the earth, on the cross, talking about resurrection power, you know, now you know you're in Philippians 3, somewhere around the 10th verse, where Paul is searching after resurrection power. Not that he's attained, but that he is searching, because in the New Testament, in the New Testament, it's now a kingdom. It's now a kingdom. So if Jesus is lifted up from the earth on the cross, will draw all people to himself, Gentiles as well as Jews. So he's talking about what I'm, what I'm actually saying here, and then I'll get more into my notes. I'm saying in the Old Testament, it was, it was more of, a, of an earth. In the New Testament, it's more of a kingdom. The words are a little interchangeable, yet it's the same thing. It's not talking about the world as we, the world or this 
evil dark age. It's referring back to Jesus and his kingdom. Jesus and his creation. That's what John is talking about here. Are everybody with me? Because if, if you don't get that in your heart now, you're gonna, I'm going to lose you. Now, in 1 John, we see this theme continue. In 1 John 2, 15, out of the New King James Version, he, there's two things I want you to notice. Do not love the world. The world. And we'll get into the definition here. Or the things, or the things of the world. So he's talking about, he's talking about a system. He's talking about a realm, if you will, a dimension. And he's saying there's things in this dimension. Do not love darkness and do not love the things of darkness. And if anyone loves the world, check it. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, John uses the word world, meaning this evil age. And he's talking about a spiritual dimension here. So if, if we are lovers of this darkness, then we are actually touching, we are touching a system. We are actually reaching out and, uh, and embracing a system of evil. Not that we are purposely doing it, but we reach out and touch it. We become part of this, what's been orchestrated. For all that is in the world, then he goes back in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the, the pride of life is not from the Father. Is not from the Father. It is not from the original creation. It has to do with the fall. Are you with me? It has to do with the fall. I want you to see the fall of man in that. I want you to see it did not come. It, the creation was perfect in all its ways. Is not from the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. I could not, I could have not been, it could have not been better orchestrated for repentance to be going on in prayer today for this message. The world is passing away. There is a system that is passing away. And the lust of it, or the things of it, the things that, the things that draw on us. But he who does the will of, of God abides forever. A kingdom. Okay? All right. Now let's, now let me, now that I've dropped all that on you, let me kind of prove it. Let me prove it. So let's look at the, the classical Greek. The classical Greek implies two things, a harmonious order. When we talk about the world, it is, this system is harmonious. 
It is all about evil, and evil, it's, that's it. It's harmonious. There's not light and darkness in this thing. It's harmonious. It's a, uh, or it, it's an arrangement. It's a well-thought-out, a well-thought-out system, a well-thought-out plan. Secondly, talks about embellishment or adornment. It's, it's direct, it's, uh, it's a decorative, or it's, it's detailed, and it is attractive. Everything of this world that has, that does not have the center of it, Jesus Christ, we must be careful on how we touch it. We must, let me give you an example. I must be careful that I reach out and I touch the 49ers because the 49ers is of this world and it lures into, it lures me away from the kingdom. Is it wrong? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have to be careful. You have to understand what you're touching. Understand what you're touching so that you will not be lured away. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost running. Whoa. Okay. Luke 21 and 5. Revelation 2 or 21 and 2. The verb cos, cosmo, whatever it is, used with the meaning to adorn as the temple with Goodly stones or like a bride. You know how you see your bride and she's adorned. She's got the wedding, the wedding array on and everybody stands and looks at the gown and, and watches her come down the aisle. And it's, it's about beauty. That's what, that's what Peter was talking about. In the book of uh, Peter, when he's talking about women who get dressed up and adorn themselves, it's not wrong to put on makeup and, and to wear different clothes. What is wrong is if it is decorative towards darkness. First... The New Testament writer's use of cosmos, the world, falls into three main groups. Three main groups. So the Bible goes through this progression on the world, and finally we get to the New Testament writers that actually write about this world. First, with the sense of a material universe. A material universe. The round world, or this earth, okay? So, it is in the natural, it's, it's this, it's the natural. Acts, Paul talks about it in Acts 17, verse 24. The God that made the world and all things therein, okay? Then, in Matthew 13, 35, and elsewhere, it talks about the foundation of the world. The foundation of the world. So basically, we're just talking about John 1 and 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. Okay? 
Talking about the earth in those scriptures, but it's used as a world. All right? Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world. All right. The second, the second usage of the word is twofold. For the inhabitants of the world... In such phrases as John 1.10, the world knew him not. Now, we just got done talking about John 1.10. Talked about the world, right? He was in the world, and the world was made by him. But now, it's talking about something else. Talking about the world knew him not. John 3.16, God so loved the world. John 12.19, the world is gone after him. Are you tracking with me what I'm trying to say here? That the world would that the world may believe, John 1721. And then the second part of that is by extension of the usage leads to the idea of the whole human race. So one time he's talking about a world and the other time he's talking about people. People. And it says the whole human race of men, but, it's, but they're alienated from God. Okay? So... From what I'm saying is from the fall, you find this, you find the world mentioned two different ways in the New Testament. It refers back to God created the heavens and the earth, and then also it talks about a dark system, an evil system that's passing away. Okay? And it's basically you can you can when you think about what my message, and if you review it on the app. Refer back to our opening scripture in John 12, 31 and 32, and it will just kind of help cipher everything. Okay, so uh, this world is also alienated. Men are alienated from God, and the system is hostile to God, hostile to Christ. For instance, in Hebrews eleven thirty eight, of whom the world was not worthy... John 14, 7, uh, whom the world cannot receive. John 14, 27, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. John 15, 18, if the world hateth you. So I want you to see the pairing on how the, this word is developed, okay? And what I'm, what I'm really wanting this church to grasp is that we're in this world, but not of it. The definition tells me I'm in it, but I'm not of it. I belong to a different. I'm in this, I'm in this evil age. I'm living in this evil age, but I belong to a different world. And that's what John is trying to tell everybody. And he's saying, be careful Understand what you're reaching and what you're touching. If Christ is not sinner, then you are touching something that is passing away. You are touching a mindset that adorned the system. 
that decorated it with the lusts of the flesh and all the things in. It's a decoration. It's a decoration. You know, we, we put up Christmas ornaments and decorations and different things like that. And we, we say, oh, how beautiful. And we get in our cars and we drive by down, down over here, um, interlock it. And, we, and, you know, you go through and you got the police there and you go through this traffic. And, you, you know, lucky I, worked, I used to work for the city so I know how to go the back way and get, every, get through it quick. But my point is, is we're going, ooh, and ah, and, you know, we're, we're looking at this decorative thing. And what I want us to understand is there's things that are in this world that will benefit us. How about a job? How about a wife? How about, you know, uh, children? Different things like that. But we have to be careful what we touch because we could be touching a different system. Third, it speaks of worldly affairs, affairs, um, the, the whole world, the whole circle of worldly goods, endowments, riches, advantages, and pleasures, which through is hollow and fleeting. Everything that basically causes desire. Desire. You know, I... I want to do this. I want to meet him. I want to meet her. I want to do all these different things. Examples are in 1 John 2, 15, the things of the world. 1 John 3, 17, the world's goods. Matthew 16, 26, if he shall gain the whole world, yet forfeit his life. See? Reaching out for those things that have been adorned and to lure mankind to do things, but in the end causes them to lose their life. There's nothing there. It's hollow. It's empty. It's passing away. And a lot of Christians touch this world. And they don't realize that they're touching it. Because there's desires that pull them away from what Christ has called them to. Okay. I won't drill down too hard on that, okay? Okay. Let's see. The uses, the usage of cosmos applies not only to the material, but also to the spiritual things which have moral and immoral values. So we're, we're talking about the two different, the two different way the words that is used. Basically, when we read about the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're talking about a future world, Right? It's going to be, it's going to be his kingdom. But I want, I want us to understand that there is, there's not only the material, behind the material is the spiritual. Behind any kingdom that manifests in the material, there is a spiritual kingdom behind it. 
1 Corinthians 2, 12. Talks about it. He, Paul calls it out. The spirit of the world. It's a spirit. It's a spiritual thing. 319, the wisdom of this world. You know, that's what I like about the first couple chapters of 1 Corinthians. Talking, talking about the wisdom. God's wisdom is superior to man's wisdom. What he's talking about is two different kingdoms, two different worlds. The wisdom of the world, the fashion of the world. Titus 2, 12, the lust, the worldly lust. 2 Peter 1, 4, the corruption that's in the world. 2 and 20, the defilements of the world. 1 John 2, 16 and 17, all that is in the world and the lust, the vain glories pass away. The Christian is to keep, listen to what James says. This is, this is what James says. James says, to keep himself unspotted. That means without sin, unspotted from the world, from this dark age. Don't touch it. Don't participate in it is my thing. If it, you know, if it is, a, if it is, if we're losing whatever God has for us, we are touching it. Therefore, the world is defined in these three ways. The material earth or the universe, the people, of the, the people on the earth, and the things of the earth. However, they only contribute to a picture as a whole. The New Testament writers wrote a lot about the things that make up this world. But they do address the things behind it. But a lot of the scripture in the New Testament talks about the picture. It's the classical Greek that ties this whole thing together. Once I understand that this world has been adorned by the God of this age. And it has been decorated in a way that wants to lure me away from God and to pull on me into the lusts of this world, once I understand that it's a decorated system that is, that is hostile to God, that is, that is opposing to God, uh, that is, uh, it wants to pull me in, then I might not be deceived. It's all about being de deceived. Adam fell for deception. He fell for adornment. What was the adornment? The knowledge of good and evil. The knowledge. Paul warns us about that. The, the, uh, the apostolic writers warn us about that. So it's the classical Greek here. The classical Greek idea of an orderly arrangement or an organization helps us grasp what is behind it. 
How about this? Everything that's going on in Washington, D.C., and this election is all about an adornment, a promise, these things that are going on today. You know, I, I saw on LinkedIn, somebody wrote on LinkedIn, they wrote that uh, Camilla Harris represents everything that taught that, you know, all these different representations of things. And I said, she represents socialism. She represents a way that all we have to do is look across the ocean and look what happened to Britain. And we should not touch it. We should not touch it because it is destruction. It will bring destruction, but it is a, it is a, a lure of empty promises, nothing but heartache. That's what this world is. Behind the tangible is a planned system. I need you to know that the lust of this world is planned, and it was planned from the beginning. It is a planned system. It is a harmonious functioning system. It works all together. That's why, you know, you read, um, you know, you, you see these these guys that write about principality wars and, and how one fallen angel over, a, over an empire would come and defeat the other fallen angel over an empire and they would move. No. It's not what the classical, it's not what the, it's not biblical definition. It is harmonious and evil. It is moving to a world order. A one world order. It is, and the definition here calls it perfect. Perfect evil. It's pretty tough. It's a perfect order. The Bible emphasizes two things here the system. One, the world order has shown itself to be hostile to God. Okay? We talked about knew not God. The world does not know God. It hated Christ. It cannot receive the spirit of truth. It work, its works are evil. Friendship with the world. Friendship with the world. Touching it. Touching it is enmity with God. Hence, I want you to understand what you read in your Bible. I need you to comprehend this because God needs your free will to change us. If I don't understand, I cannot be changed. I need, I need a revelatory understanding of what something is so that I can choose correctly. I, I just don't choose because I feel like it. Hence, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is not like this world's kingdom. He has overcome. Jesus has overcome the world. 
And the victory that hath overcome the world is our faith in him. For as the, the verse of John 12 that heeds this study affirms, the world is under judgment. Now, I want to depart from my notes just for a second. And I want you to understand, when we talk about how Jesus overcame the world, that he's not of this world, he has overcome the world, and the victory that hath overcome the world is our faith. What he's talking about is participating with him in bringing judgment upon the things of this world. That means bringing judgment on those that are behind the system. That means that deliverance needs to come back into the church. See, when we understand and we, 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 we separate, you know, we're just, we're little people here that need to really kind of be educated over a period of time so that we can really see this mosaic as we are in this building, this, this picture of what really is the call of the church. Secondly, as the same verse makes clear, talking about the opening verse, there is a mind behind the system. John writes repeatedly the prince of this world. Now we're getting right down to it here, okay? And remember, this is going to be a progressive message because this is only the opening. I'm just laying a foundation today, okay? He also talks, John lists it at least three times I found in the, in the Gospel of John. In his epistle, he describes him as he that is in the world, and matches against him the spirit of truth. Opposed to opposing kingdoms. To opposing worlds. The world, the whole world. Says, lieth in the evil one. It is indwelt in the evil one. It lieth in him. It lays in him. Getting very personal here, Jesus. It's in him. So here's the point. Here's my point. We're to come out of this. We're not supposed to allow this to be in us any longer. That's why we have the spirit of truth. We need to be set free from what? This cosmo, it's only used one time in the whole Greek language in the New Testament. And Jesus, and Paul uses it here in Ephesians 6 and 12, the cosmo, 
dictator or whatever it is, the world ruler. He calls them world rulers in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. What does that really mean? The word, the word appears, like I said, once in the plural for his lieutenants. So it is grouping him and his fallen angels together. Not the demons, the fallen angels. The world rulers of this darkness. That's what it means. The world rulers or the cosmocator, whatever that, however you say that in the Greek. It is a group. But remember what we said in the beginning. Now, judgment. Now, judgment. I think what, help, what helped the best is that I, I started to write on this book series. And as I started to write on this book series, I saw how much the church was supposed to be engaged with those guys, yet... The deception is, is that we don't touch it. We leave it alone. We let Jesus deal with it. When the reality is, is the New Testament directly from the Greek tells us, get involved. Deal with it. Paul dealt with it. Peter dealt with it. Every time you read that their city was divided you are reading about two different worlds, two different systems in, in combat over the minds of men. You're reading about it. John says in our opening scripture, the John 12, it is not the material world or the inhabitants that are being judged. Jesus is saying... I'm not here to, at this particular time to bring judgment on the inhabitants of the world or the material world at this time because if he brought judgment on the material, how would we actually work and live and do all that unless we were completely sustained by the power and the glory of God like, the, like in the desert? So that's not it. That's yet to come. But the institution, it's the institution Jesus came to judge. It's the harmonious organization or the orderly arrangement. Now I want you to understand, I want you to understand those are, those are actually words that almost mean the same, but they do have a little bit of a difference. An orderly arrangement can mean certain things that are ordered to get people to do certain things and then these things and then these things and then these things. But it is all a big institution. It has all been decorative. And, 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 the, and what's happened is the world rulers have adorned it to lure man out away from Christ. It's called the world order. And Satan and his lieutenants or his thrones and dominions and principalities and powers. Almost done. Are you guys getting anything? 
remember, this is just an overview. We're kind of just laying a foundation here. Jesus' words make clear it is he, the prince of the world, who has been judged. That's why we are to go ye in all the world. Go out into all the world and make disciples doing. What is, what is Jesus talking about? We are to make disciples that represent him. Not me, not Doug, him. Disciple, I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a pastor or an apostle second. I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And who is to be dethroned? Uh-oh. Now is the judgment. Who is to be dethroned and cast out forever? Why do you think in the Greek... The word Tartarus is a specific place made now. Upon Jesus' judgment, there was a realm created to send the fallen angels. Not to the pit where the demons go, but to send the fallen angels to a place to be cast out of the world. Oh, come on. Therefore, Scripture and definition makes it perfectly clear. If we do not look at the unseen powers behind this world, the material earth, the universe, the people on the earth, I've got to look behind all of this. The things of the earth. We will be deceived and participate with Satan and the fallen angels in his organization. Ends on a tough note. That's the overview. We're going to talk about not touching the things. We're going to talk we're going to get a little bit deeper into the Greek language and 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 to the understanding of this world because it is the power of the church. See, that's why that's why we can't have uh, let me just say it this way. Why do you think God, uh, Paul warns the believers that a man and a woman should not be equally unyoked? One a believer and one an unbeliever. Because they belong to two different worlds. Two different worlds. Are, are you with me on this? Why do you think light shall not participate with darkness? Or what does God have to do with Baal? Two different worlds two different are you with you, you, now I don't need to go through the whole list here right but I want you ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost dropping in this place I want you to see that even though I'm in this I'm in this organization I, I'm here for a purpose but I'm here to serve a different world a different master I'm here to serve a different organization I'm here apart to bring 
heavenly blessings. That's why Paul says, you have, been you have been blessed in heavenly places. What is he talking about? He's talking about the powers of God's organization, the different worlds, everything that surrenders to, to, to the Lord Jesus Christ as, as the, the Messiah, the King, the Creator, the God, the, the Trinity. Talking about all of that. Amen? All right, why don't we stand? I kind of feel like getting radical right now. Even on Trey's birthday, we're going to... Somebody else.